Welcome to the eighth episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm great. How are you? Good. So today we're going to dig a bit deeper into the world of Open RAN. Last year, Vodafone announced that they were willing to consider Open RAN hardware across their entire European footprint, which is about 150,000 cell sites. It also happens to be the largest operator outside of China. Fast forward today, and the head of network architecture for Vodafone, Yago, uh, Yago Tenorio, announced the Open RAN vendors that it considers front runners as far as uh, Open RAN is concerned. And I think the thing that was interesting to me was that uh, there were American companies in every category of this list. So can you talk a little bit about uh, why is this important? What are some of the implications for Vodafone really committing to Open RAN in a, in a pretty major way? Well, for, for Vodafone, 150,000 sites is a huge portfolio. They want to do this uh, by 2027, which is very interestingly also the deadline that the uh, British government set for Vodafone to replace the Huawei equipment in the UK. And there's always this stereotype or has been the stereotype that the US doesn't have any any play in in 5G from the infrastructure side. And we have four front runners in, in every category. You know, we have companies like Airspan on that is recognized here for massive MIMO. Mavenir that's recognized in, in, in a few categories, including portfolio breadth. They're a little bit the 800 pound gorilla here in the US when it comes to, to open RAN. They just filed for an S1 and then, then I think pulled it again due to market volatility. It's a really, really exciting time to be here with open RAN. We, you know, you and I have been on a on an analyst call with AT&T, right? And they talked about Open RAN and that they're testing it and that, that they're looking at it because it helps lowering the cost structure and improve the flexibility of, of the network. That's really the key here. Well, it scales better and then you can also test and deploy more, more efficiently and, and quickly, right? So... Yes, and you know, and, and by the way, this year in the U.S. is building an open RAN network because what it also allows you to do is switch out companies a lot faster. Because in a traditional network design, the software and the hardware is married together, and if you don't like the software functionality, you have to rip out the box with it, right? With open RAN, you don't have to do that anymore. You can say, oh, I don't like that feature anymore, or I don't trust that company, or they're falling behind. You know, you delete it and run the different company's uh, software. It's like being on a PC. Oh, you know, I don't like Word anymore, so I use OpenOffice or whatever else, right? It's a little bit more difficult than that, but, but still... It's magnitudes easier to do that. And the cost structure gets so much lower. You know, they, they also talked about the Evenstar project, right? Where they can build a radio unit for less than $1,000. Yeah, I thought that was really impressive. You know, what's interesting here is it's really kind of collapsing the stack, right? So you used to have all these boxes in the network that did discrete, had discrete functions, and now that's all happening through software. 
right? Exactly. You know, the 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 average wireless network has forty to fifty thousand different SKUs, different boxes. And Rakuten's is like now down to five. It's a thousand times fewer hardware pieces, right? And you're going to, to general processing. So you're riding that whole infrastructure and the improvement of that. And the equipment gets better by simply you putting a new new server in. And and that whole advantages of a bigger ecosphere really helps it. But then what I thought was very interesting was that Altiostar was not on that list. But Altio Star is partially owned by uh, Rakuten, right? And then the companies missing from this list are Huawei, Ericsson, Nokia, and, and, and ZTE. And, you know, nowhere to be found, right? And if you want to talk about 800-pound gorillas and network infrastructure, that's the list right there, right? So Exactly. I think what's interesting is there's a lot of kind of upstart companies here as we roll over to kind of a new generation in terms of the way the network functions, we're starting to see different players come into focus yes. relative to the offerings out there. And some will stay independent and maybe become very, very big, or they will listen to the sound of money that is going to be thrown at them by the established vendors, right? We, we've seen this game before when we look at at, for example, AT&T, right? They, they deliberately picked smaller companies to work with in their move to software-defined networking. They picked companies like Jasper for IoT. What happened? You know, the owners became billionaires because Cisco bought them, right? The companies like TLF, the list goes on of companies that sold out. Others, you know, for example, DriveNets that does a lot of uh, stuff on the on the hardware side. You know, when when I spoke to one of the founders uh, of that company in Israel, you know, they, they're very committed on on making it on their own and not selling out and becoming a hardware or or software defined networking version of Amdocs, the which is a huge Israeli company doing billing. So th there are multiple avenues, but it, you know, when, when they always say, oh, big carriers don't want to work with small companies. Well, here's the opposite. Here's the proof positive, right? So would you consider this a shot across the bow in terms of for the traditional network vendors that, that Vodafone, such a large carrier, is willing to work with smaller players like this? I mean, what does this mean for the industry? Of course, it's a, it's a shot over the bow. But I always say that whenever you have massive change, there are winners and losers, right? It certainly, it should be a wake-up call for for these companies either to step up and, and get at the forefront of it. They have significant resources or to buy these smaller companies, right? You can do both. And if you can't beat them, buy them. Right, and it looks like a lot of the companies on this list either currently have products in market or plan to have products in market by mid 2021. So this is something that's developed pretty quickly and we should see uh, real life examples of this network in the wild 
fairly quickly, correct? Well, yeah, and quite a number of them, you know, are already in both Rakuten and Geo's. We always forget about Geo. Geo has also a, an open RAN network, software defined, and you know, have equipment there. Airspan is a very good example that has equipment in in both uh, networks. Mavenir works with both. Fujitsu provides equipment of, of Japan to Rakuten, Japanese connection, right? And it's going to be very interesting to see then also what happens here in the U.S. This should give DISH a big boost and, you know, give them confidence that they were like the, the third or fourth one to say that we're going to do this. Vodafone is doing it and it's building a, a massive ecosphere. Right, and that, and that should put a lot of trust in in that they did the right direction. Dish actually announced a lot of their vendors already, so but I would expect another uh, round to go. But you know, we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Roger. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, and have a good one. Mm-hmm.